You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hey, hey. Sean, I'm having a, I don't know if melancholy is the right word, but my son had prom, my senior had prom last night. Uh-huh. Um, we, he had a uh, sweet white suit. It was pretty he, nice looking. He had a well, sport, white sport coat. Yeah, the coat was white. The The pants were black. He did look pretty pretty cool he did look pretty good um and then i i went and played ultimate frisbee with him again this morning and we, we got some coffee afterwards and i'm 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 coming to the realization that these just kind of moments that i've had with him for 17 18 years are they're kind of crashing to a close he's off to uh to college in lacrosse next year and uh and we're going up to a family camp uh, this weekend to right. to work on whatever needs to happen up there, chopping wood or putting docks in the water or whatnot. Uh, and this is our last year up there with with uh, with the family. So, man, things are changing. I'm I'm kind of not to bring things down, but that's kind of just where I'm at today. Yeah. So I presume you just want me to do the whole podcast by myself or <laughs> no. no, I don't know. I'm not sure what I want. Uh, just, I'm just rolling in here and kind of talking off the top of my head. But, uh, in, in mentioning that I should say we, we are going to be out of town up at that work weekend at, at the family camp we attend. Um, we actually recorded up there last summer. We did. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going with you though. So no. I, we can't record up there again. Well, no, this, yeah, this is just a, a volunteer work weekend, but B, uh, Bjorn joined us up there last year. We did one of our episodes from the beach up there. We did. But, uh, so anyway, I will be up there next weekend. Sean is going to be busy. It's Memorial Day weekend. I'm not You're, busy at all, actually. You, aren't you? No, I've got nothing. Okay. Well, I'm just sitting around here. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure something will come up, but you know. But you'll but you'll get something. I could do the out. podcast without you, actually. But I uh, hear Bed Bath and Beyond might be open. Yeah, I mean, it's just I think it's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you're you're probably busy, listeners. So we just decided to take next week off. We're not going to put an episode out next Monday. Just wanted to let you know that. In the coming episodes after that, we are going to do a mock draft and. We would like to include at least one listener, if anybody's interested, and if schedules line up where we can... And we figure out the techno- technology part of it. Yeah, I think I don't... I think we can. It's, we, it's, a, it's a solvable problem. We, we, can, we, figure we, can, we can figure technology. out the technology. We can build sh- it. I'm not sure of the, the audio quality, but... We'll, we'll, make it, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll do our darndest, yeah. So if you're interested... Yeah, if you're interested, please, you can email us. It's probably the best way to do it at steelpod at gmail.com. Uh, you could tweet at Sean is probably more active on Twitter than I am at. He's at Steel, Steel Pod Sean. Steel Pod Sean. Yep. Yep. Tweet um, at me. DM me if you're interested in this. Like, I don't think we've we've we haven't figured out like 
you know, uh, how, how, how many people we're going to have do this yet. So it's kind of open. So we'll see uh, what kind of response we get and we might have nobody and we might have, um, you know, several, it just depends who's interested. Uh, let us know and we'll include you. This week, we're going to be talking about our wide receiver rankings. We've got about 20-some fellas. 23. It's a Michael Jordan number of of players. (laughs) Crossing, uh, (laughs) mixing metaphors again. Yeah, I think we basically, for for Tim and I, basically, our, our standard was how many people would you take in a five round rookie draft? And we got to 23 that we would both probably take in a five round rookie draft. And then you've got some people and I've got some people that maybe wouldn't align. And, and we might save some of those for future, uh, for a future episode or something, but, but we figure we'll at least get through the guys that we kind of agree are worthy of a top five pick. Right. And the procedure we went through, Sean and I rated these guys independently or ranked them. We took our average of how we ranked them to come up with a consensus. And that's what we'll share now. And this is once again, presuming uh, half point PPR and salary cap format. So, you know, some of the things that we might talk about some of the, some, some reasons why that might change things compared to like a regular dynasty format. So, right. All right, so our number one consensus wide receiver, again, probably not a huge surprise, but Jamar Chase came in on top. Sean has him ranked as his number one receiver. I have him ranked at number two. Uh, Sean, I mean, should I start out maybe why he's not number one? Because I think most people have him number one. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. So for me, uh, when I was watching his tape, I think I mentioned this is probably a couple months ago already, but there was some things that I didn't see on tape that I was looking for. And it was like elite route running or like, I just feel like he does win. He's dominant. I, there's no doubting that. Uh, he just doesn't look like that really polished technical receiver to me. And that might not matter at all. <laughs> no. So but, I, I actually agree with you. Like when I was just thinking only what do I see on tape? He was not my number one receiver. So when I started factoring in other considerations, things that you are hard to quantify, um, how often he's winning, right? So like one of the things that I noticed early on is that his route running is not great. It's good. It's it's not bad. It's just not special, and uh, and he does a lot of pushing off. Right? He but at the same time, he does it at the right time. Like he's, I, I've talked about this before. He is pushing off well before the ball is thrown. So by the time someone's looking at him, he's already he's already got his cushion, right? So I'm presuming that that stuff is is gonna is gonna make it at the next level. Um, I don't. Some of the, I think some of the reasons why people have him. For sure, number one is just because, like you know, his pro day numbers are ridiculous as well. I actually, I think those are fraudulent. So, uh, right this year, especially. Yeah, but they're not. They're not. He's not slow though. He's not. He. He. I don't believe he's ran a four three four. Whatever. I just don't. Right. So, but he's still probably about a four four guy. And given his size, and given the physical nature of his game. I just see, and I like the fact that he has, I think, 
a quarterback that for sure believes in him. Maybe he developed a relationship with T. Higgins before, but I, I but I also think that this is kind of going back to, you know, the the guy that he threw for all those yards and you know uh, two years ago for LSU. So I think I think um, so I like that offense. Um, the the one question mark is landing spot. He's not. It's not a foregone conclusion that he is the best receiver on that team. We don't we we think he probably is, right. but but T Higgins is pretty darn good. That's true. And I think that that's that that's the part that makes me nervous about uh, about Jamar Chase at, as my number one because like there it, I I like it when you know Najee Harris is like there's nothing there right in the running back room in Pittsburgh it's just him. I like that. Um, you know, you want that out of uh, everything. You want that out of your receivers, and you want that out. So he doesn't have that. That's another uh, negative. But I, ultimately, I see somebody who can consistently win in the NFL, and sure. so he's my number one. That doesn't scare me too much in Cincinnati. I feel like oftentimes what happens is if there is only one receiver, a good receiver on a team, uh, defenses can focus too much on that guy or over focus and shut him down. That's true. But there's also Tyler Boyd. I mean, there's there's three guys. Yeah, that's true. But 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 still, yeah. yeah. That's that's where I have him. I have him one. I I I know who you have number one, and I have him number three. Yeah. But actually, you know what? I I, I wouldn't. I have reasons for that. But I, I but I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think these are right, right, right answer, wrong answer kinds of things. I feel sure. like this is just like kind of how you're weighing things out. Sure. So let's talk about that guy. Uh, number two consensus is Devontae Smith. I do have him ranked at number one. Sean has him at, at three, as he mentioned. It's kind of the, the opposite of what I mentioned about Chase. I just see this guy as a, a technician. He runs amazing routes. He's got huge mitts. He plays bigger than he is. I mean, he goes up and gets balls high. Um, I know he's not very heavy. Probably is going to play about 165 or 170, which does scare me. But he dominated uh, at Alabama, and I expect him to come in and dominate in the NFL. Okay. I'll tell you why I have him at three, because I switched it. Honestly, I think I switched it last night. From from two uh, from two okay right and the reason why is I just spent a little more time thinking about Jalen Hurts and ultimate I don't have any questions about Devontae Smith's talent I did a whole big log thing when we talked about receivers as to why I liked him and why I wasn't afraid of the BMI right I'm still not afraid of the BMI but I am afraid of Jalen Hurts <laughs> sure. I don't believe in Jalen Hurts and by the way they also have Jalen Rager there who. I would presume Devontae Smith is going to be kind of like the alpha type, but you don't know that actually. Um, he's he's perhaps the the size stuff will 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 play out a little differently than than we think. Um, the uh, I I don't I'm not scared of Rager personally. Just just throwing. That oh, out I would there. Rager's not the thing that actually makes me scared. It's, it's just like that's just another little thing right sure. the bigger thing is hurts and like i think hurts is not gonna not an nfl quarterback that's we'll find out i could be wrong but if he's not an nfl quarterback then you've got to wait a little while for that guy to get there and um you know it could happen with a trade suddenly deshaun watson is your quarterback and then you're just you're not worried about that at all anymore right mm -hmm. um but 
I do think that that for me is is enough to make the difference between number two and number three. Okay. Because I like the situation for our next guy more. I feel like they have their guy, and that guy is at a legitimate NFL quarterback. So although Philly gave up a first-round pick just to move up to be able to get Devontae Smith, um, that wasn't enough for, to put him at two ahead of... Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Is our consensus number three? Went to Miami. Sean has him ranked at number two. I have him at three. Now, Sean, uh, I just wanted to ask you because you've not been the biggest fan of Tua, <laughs> but you seem pretty comfortable with him being Waddle's quarterback. So I'm not, I don't love Tua as a fantasy football quarterback, but I think he's a legit NFL quarterback. Like, I think, I, I think. If you're like how much I believe in him like a hundred times more than Jalen Hurts, right? So that that to me is at least I feel like they have somebody who has gotten <laughs> Jalen Waddle the ball before mm-hmm. and can do it again. And I don't see and I like the landing spot because I I basically like what they're doing in Miami. I think I think overall as a team they're on the rise. Yeah. Whereas Philly to me feels like a dumpster fire. Like I don't. Yeah. Everything about Philly seems like a, is like chaos and disaster. Yeah, I was not happy. I think I talked about that on the draft reaction episode that I I was not super excited to see Devontae Smith go to Philly. Right, and for, it's, it wasn't enough to mark him down for you, but like that that makes a difference for me. Is as I feel like Miami is an ascending team, and um, and all the other guys that they have in Miami, honestly, I don't really think they're special at all. I don't. Who do we got here? We got Devontae Parker, not Will, special. Will Fuller. Will Fuller. Will Fuller's a little, uh, you know, Will Fuller's a thing. But, like, um, you, you know, they, Preston Williams, not not a thing. Uh, Kaseki, not a thing. You know, he's only a thing when Preston Williams is hurt. So I just like the idea. I, I feel like Waddle can step in there. He has a, a, he has a, uh, a skill set that he can win short and he can win long. Um, and uh, and I don't really think he's coverable. So I think I think and I think Tua knows that and will get him the ball. Did uh, I was just thinking? Did Miami draft a tight end this yeah. year? Uh, Do you remember who it was? Uh, I, was it Hunter Hunter Long or was it Hunter Long? I'm not sure. I think um, it might be. But anyway, so yeah, I just when you mentioned when we mentioned they drafted this, a tight end in the third round. I feel like it might be Hunter Long, but um, but I got Hunter Long. Uh, mixed up with a couple other guys too, so I think Hunter Long is. I feel like that's who it is, but it, yeah, I mean, I just think ultimately whoever it is is uh, is not. I just think Jalen Waddle is going to be the show there. Sure, and uh, when we profiled these guys early on, I was not a huge fan of Waddle. I was. I think we remarked that I was hoping he'd be gone before. I have the pick. Uh, number six in our league this year, and I was hoping he'd be gone by then. Mm. I don't feel that way anymore. I, I went back and watched some more tape, and he's—I think he is a pretty. He's special growing on you a little bit. I, yeah. I just—I I think you're also going to get at least—I think you're going to get a punt return, TD or two every year, and I think that's just going to, uh, you know, pump up his numbers just just enough to 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 make him maybe enter enter into the uh, the special category. So. Sure. So, Sean, you challenged me to do tiers. Okay. Uh, we just finished my first tier. Uh, I I did musical tiers. Okay. Uh, so songs, 
Uh, and so this tier, the, the Devante Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle tier, I mm-hmm. called Take the Money and Run. Just from, from Steve Miller. Okay. They're just good players. Just draft them and don't think twice. Does anybody know who Steve Miller is? <laughs> sure. They play Steve Miller on classic radio all over all Still. over the world. All I'm right. sure. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. On to our consensus number four receiver. It's Elijah Moore. Went to the Jets in the second round. Sean has him ranked at four. I have him at five. Um. Yeah, I mean, we're, I think we see them seem pretty similarly. Basically, um, I'm not worried about his talent at all. I think he was a real special player. He's got special hand-eye coordination. He's got special hands. He's got he just just got a lot of special traits. He doesn't have special height, right? <laughs> I yeah, think he's that's not a big the guy. one side, but he does. He's got a lot of you know. He's got a lot of Steve Smith Senior in him. I, I think that he can win. Uh, despite his size, um, 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns in eight games last that's year. That's crazy. That's pretty, pretty good. That's pretty good. And it wasn't like they had, you know, an amazing passing offense overall. There it was like him and what Kenny Yaboa, and that's about, probably about it. But, yeah. um, I, you know, the so the only thing I, I worry about with Elijah Moore is he's going to a team that, that people. People are just not going to be excited about the Jets because they have been bad for a long time, and it's the, the they have like that stench of Adam Gase still in the building. Um, I don't know that that's fair. I think it's a it's a, a kind of a new regime there. I think Zach Wilson is is starting things out fresh. He took his entire offensive line to the New York Islanders game, by the way. It's a good way to start. Had them all, they all had jerseys with their numbers on them. It was very funny to look at these giant dudes <laughs> pounding beers, and Zach Wilson, I think, was probably having some soda water or whatever, but, which is fine. Yeah. But, you know, he, right. he definitely looks like, like you know, um, a kid. But that's a, with these old guys. That's a good way to start. You take care of your linemen. You take care of your linemen. It, it's whoever, whoever gave him that idea. It was a good idea. Those guys looked like they had it. Were having a blast. I the only thing I'm worried about with Elijah Moore, honestly, I, I, I'm not terribly. I, I you, I've got on the record here. I believe in Zach Wilson. I think he'll be a, a real good player. Um, I'm a little worried about Denzel Mims. I do think Mims has legit talent, and I think that, and he's a lot bigger. Right, and they've also got uh, Corey Davis there now, um, who I I can't remember. He was drafted as a top ten NFL pick a few you know years ago. Yep. So um, and everybody, he was like number one in rookie drafts at, overall, I think for for most drafts. So a lot of people were pretty excited about him. So now we're we're looking at the situation, and and he's there as Elijah Moore's there as a slot receiver. And by the way, they've got one of the more efficient slot receivers on the roster um, in terms of uh, Jamison Crowder. And so he has to, now they might cut Crowder or they might trade Crowder, but, but he is entering into a situation where there's a lot of mouthless to feed. Mm-hmm. And that for me is, is the, is the, the, the downside to Elijah Moore. I just think the offense is, is going to ha- have a lot of potential to it. And I believe in the talent. Ultimately, I think he's at least the second best receiver of all those receivers I named. And he could be better than Mims, too. Right. Yeah, and that like, this is where it does maybe change a little bit in Dynasty versus salary cap or franchise fo- fantasy football, as we like to call it, where, I mean, Elijah Moore, you if you're going to have him for 10 years, 
it's fine. Just it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But you know that clock does start ticking when you're when you're dealing with contracts and salary and and I think Crowder basically. They, I think he's this is his last year. Um, and they actually, I think they can cut him with only like a million dollars in dead cap money. So, like, it's a pretty easy contract for them to get rid of. But you know, I that's still there are still other guys there. And you might have to wait a little bit, um, uh, and that makes it a little harder for me. And you maybe that's why you had him down at five, whereas I had him at four. Yeah. So. Well, and that's another thing. Just I was thinking about as you were talking, like you are already bringing up your concerns for this player, and he's the fourth receiver on the board. So. <laughs> well, there's going to be some. I brought some concerns up about Jamar Chase too. Yeah, I mean, these true. guys all have something. Ultimately, I feel like Elijah Moore has. Um, pretty special skills and he's got and i think a, a tipping point for me the reason why i had him a little higher honestly i think he's going to be a high volume he was getting 10 receptions every week yeah it, and i think he's a high volume guy and if this was a standard league i might like him a little less but in like a ppr league i just think elijah moore is just going to get a, a a lot of volume so when we ranked we did half ppr but in ppr he might even well he probably yeah, wouldn't he's still probably not going to be in the top 3 yeah, yeah he's still the top for me the top of the next tier i don't know what you call that tier oh i can tell you all right i call i call the next tier you've got the brawn i've got the brains <laughs> let's Let's take lots of titles, okay. which is a little variation on the song, but that's yeah. by, that's by the Pet Shop Boys. This is it's a little bit better than your your titles your your <laughs> tears last week. Oh, I was going to come up with my own tears, but they they all ended up being kind of uh, potty mouthed, so I decided to not do it. So uh, yeah, if you want to hear that song, it's called "Opportunity" by the Pet Shop Boys. But I think it's like being on like heavy rotation and on some commercial right now. Oh, it could be. Maybe that's why it was in my head. But ultimately, my my thinking is: I know these guys are good. I know they're good. Mm-hmm. They they are good. They know it. So let's just cash in. Let's do it. All right. All right. So the next guy is Rashad Bateman. Uh, he's our number five consensus wide receiver. Sean has him at seven. I have him at four. He went to Baltimore. Sean, is that why you dropped him a little bit? Because I know you really like Bateman. What caused you to drop him down to seven? Um, so I'm, I'll I'll be the first to disclose a couple things. I have, if I have a, I am perfect at fantasy football analysis. <laughs> perfect, <laughs> with one exception. When if something to- ha- has to do with Minnesota players, um, I, I I lose my mind. Yeah. It happened last year with Justin Jefferson going to the Vikings, right? Couldn't uh-huh. evaluate that guy normally because he was a Viking, right? Uh-huh. It happens with every gopher that comes out, right? Mm-hmm. If they're good, I don't believe they're going to be good, and I trade them if I draft them. And Otherwise, though, perfect. Uh, oh, other than that, yes, yeah. perfect. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's all about, it's all about the landing spot and there's good and there's bad. I mean, I, the good news on the landing spot is like everybody else on that team is not any good. Like I've not been a big believer in Hollywood Brown. I'm still not a believer in Hollywood Brown. Right. He, uh, he walks in, he's the alpha right now. Yeah. Except for, I'm not sure he's an alpha. That's the thing is like, okay. okay so he's, cause he's. Six feet one ninety. He's not six two two ten. He's six feet one ninety. So what is that? That puts him into a different category. It puts him in kind of like the 
the handy route runner type. Um, and, uh, which is, you can be a real good player. Um, if you're elite at that, I think he's quite good, but ultimately is he going to get massive quantities of volume in that offense where they have hundreds of fewer pass attempts every, every year compared to not a great landing spot. No. And, and so I, I, I I believe you start with him. He's better than everybody else. He's better than Mark Andrews. He's he's better than everybody else in that roster. But you still can only give somebody such a uh, so you know so many receptions as a percentage of the total. And if the right. total, the pie is very small. You know, and it, it could could they become a more high volume passing attack? They could, but ultimately. I'm not a giant believer in Lamar as a passer. Like he's excellent as a passer, passing as a running quarterback. I just don't see him ever kind of transitioning into one of these guys that throws 40, 50 times every week. I just don't see it happening. Sure. And I think that that makes it hard for Bateman to ever be a, a I don't see a scenario where he ends up being a, a wide receiver one consistently in the NFL. Like, can he be a consistent wide receiver too? Yep. Yep. I believe in the talent. I just there's just there's just a ceiling there that that some of these guys that that we have later I have as not having that ceiling. Like potentially could be much better. Sure. And that's why I had Bateman down at 7. So I persisted with him pretty highly. Um you know, I had him up at 4 and I think the reason is I I just feel like teams change more rapidly than we think they do in the NFL. So for example, AJ Brown went to the Titans a few years back. Uh, and we thought that was not a great landing spot for him because Derrick Henry is there. They're running team. They're not going to have any volume. Well, he's, he's probably going to go pretty high this year. Yeah. No. In in redraft or whatnot. I just, but, so, so I'm kind of banking on that. Like, but did I, you think that t- at the time? Did you think that Tannehill did not have the capacity for more volume? I don't that, know. So I that's mean, the difference for me. Is I don't believe Lamar Jackson has the capacity. I know you don't. And that's and that's if I just think it's okay. The offense is the way it is, and they might restructure the offense. I'm with you. It's whether I think the guy can can gotcha. do that, and that and that's for me the big difference. I will say though, in his favor. Like he's going to start right away <laughs> in the salary cap league. That saves it for true. me. Is you get to see you him right see. away. I that's believe. True. And I'm not sure people did believe in Tannehill when he was drafted there. Like he had not been a fantasy stud, you know, like I mean, in any sense of the word. He was kind of very hit or miss in yeah. uh, under Adam Gase. So <laughs> uh, and and then he came out and and he supported him last year. So yep. I, that, I guess that's what I'm banking on, is I think Rashad Bateman is a really good receiver. Really good. Do you think that he can be a wide receiver one, fantasy football wide receiver one? In maybe a 10-year career, the answer is yes. But, yeah, but, <laughs> that's but, what I was going to say. But in, in within, a, let's say, a four-year window, you get your rookie contract, maybe you want to sign him. Like, Are you going to see wide receiver one numbers out of Bateman? I wouldn't put money on it, but let's look at Marquise Brown. He's finished as a wide receiver to himself at 
at times. I don't think he was last year. Barely, but yeah. But uh, I just think Bateman is so much of a He's better so much better. He's so much better. Yeah. So like, yeah. I don't know. Does I, he has a shot to finish as wide receiver one? I guess I wouldn't bet on it. Okay. But but that's that, I think that's the the yeah. that's that's the crux of it or whatever. That that's where I ultimately I saw a ceiling, and I could be wrong. If if you're and if your league is one where you can keep guys for quite a long time. But, you know, Lamar Jackson's not old either, so he's going to probably be around. But you're right. Maybe they don't ever progress into um, being a consistent winner with that type of system, and they just change up what they're doing. Maybe they, they could change the quarterback. There's a million things that can change in the NFL. And if you – the talent – I see the talent is there with Bateman. Yeah. All right, on to number six, Kadarius Toney was our consensus number six wide receiver, went to the Giants in the first round. We both have him ranked at number six, so we were really consistent here. Um, and like I, nobody else has him this high, by the way. I think you and I are outliers. I think we probably are, but I, I think they're, I mean, The Giants. Yeah, I was going to say. The Giants. The Giants are pretty and, high. And, and the Jags, because that's who they wanted, too. So, so there's at least two NFL teams that believe in Kadarius Toney. Yeah. I just saw, uh, I go really quickly through this because I've said this before on the show, but I see him as just being a really good football player as well. And I feel like he's got room to grow because he's new to the receiver position. So um, I did, the thing that I don't like about him is I don't see him being the wide receiver one for the Giants with um, he's kind of gadgety with, with Galladay there. Yeah. Galladay to me is a clear alpha in New York. I don't see him taking... He's not going to be the number one guy. I I I agree. I do think Galladay is a bit more of a low volume guy, though. So I think he is. in PPR, I like uh, I like Tony. Um, whereas I think he can. He, he's probably not going to ever get a million touchdowns, but I do think he he he'll get the ball in a lot of different ways. I, I maybe like what people kind of were hoping Debo Samuel would be or Lavisca. One of these guys that can right. they're that can, running the ball. They're, they're, yeah, they're getting taking two, three carries. Brandon does a little bit of that stuff, and it, and I see some similar similarities there. He's just a, an incredible athlete, and I feel like he's going to be winning often enough that they're going to realize that their offense is more efficient the more he gets involved. And I think he's also. I, I don't know if Danny Dimes throws that many dimes downfield as well so I feel like Galladay might be kind of a wasted resource there whereas Tony might be a little bit more um, they can play mix and match with him and Saquon Barkley because um, Barkley obviously is a, a very good receiver as well so I think that and they can motion you know him out and motion Tony back in and, and mix it, all sorts of things up they could get very creative with that offense if they wanted to so we like him more than the general Consensus and out it, there. Yeah, a lot of people don't like him because he's the late breakout age, and he's a little bit older, and he's not he's not a normal looking wide receiver. Right. So, given that there are some bigger, sexier names out there, you probably can take this guy a little later. Where yeah. do you see him going in rookie drafts? I feel like he is going to go in most drafts. I have seen people. We're going to get to this guy later. I've seen. A bunch of Amon Ra St. Brown taken ahead of Kadarius Tony, which blows my mind. 
don't do that. Don't do that. But if you're looking for a guy who's just like going to be a real consistent average guy, but like if you're playing fantasy football, you don't win with that guy. You win with that that guy as your wide receiver four. Right. But you, you need guys who have the potential to, of dropping, you know, 20 points on an opponent and could Tony, can, Tony can, can do, do that. that. Yeah. I, I'm in Ross St. Brown's never going to do that. Right. He's definitely got a higher ceiling. So so I, I feel like he most – I think he's going to be really inconsistent. He's a guy you're not going to be able to project who in your league is going to take him because someone might love him and might take him, you know, nine, you know. I don't see him going much higher than that, but someone might take him and he might fall to the third round in some drafts. I just think – I think it really depends on – who, if someone likes the guy or not, you know, LaVisca Chanel was, was a guy like that last year where, you know, some, some people t- were really high on him and some people just didn't like him. And, you know, Debo, sim- similar, uh, these, you know, these types of guys who, who have kind of non-standard games. I do think sometimes people have a, a, a difficult time figuring out what exactly to, to make of them. Sure. All right. Under number, number seven, Terrace Marshall went to Carolina in the second round. I have him ranked up at number Nine. Sean has him at five. down at number. Sorry, nine. I should say I got I got my headings mixed up. I, <laughs> I have, have him up down at number nine. You have him up at five. Uh, why do you like him so much, Sean? Then I'll tell you why you're wrong. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, he's big. He's fast. Um, he is. Uh, he has. Even though he does have drop issues, uh, he's got the kind of hands where he can. I think a lot of it is just concentration drops. So I think he has the hand-eye coordination to make kind of, um, uh, what do I want to say, like kind of Like the fancy. circus catch. Yeah, the... a little, he's got a little circus catch in him. I was going to use a different word, but that's fine. It, it, my, my brain isn't working right now. So we'll go with circ- circus catch. But like, uh, you know, just kind of like reach out and kind of lazily pick up. This is stuff that Randy Moss used to do all the time. And I know I just said this <laughs> Randy Moss's name here, and it's not. he's not Randy Moss. He's not anything like Randy Moss, but, um, he also has, I mean, um, well, I don't know. You tell me what you don't like. Sure. Well, it, actually he's in, so I, I'll introduce my next tier. We haven't gone through everybody in my, my, uh, prior tier here, okay. the, uh, but the, the next tier, uh, Marshall is at the top of that. It's called, I'm going to pop some tags, which is, <laughs> thrift shop by, yeah, by yeah, Macklemore. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but ultimately if the price is right, I'm, I'm going to take this guy. It's not that I'm totally <laughs> opposed to it, but he's just one of those guys. He had a, a fairly small target share in college at his, at his height. Um, so I, I see him as one of these big play long touchdown kind of guys, which just makes them a little more inconsistent. I love receivers that just get, pumped balls just lots of targets and so that's why he drops a little bit for me but i'm he does make some really nice catches i agree with you you know he 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 was i think about about this up when we profiled them i think when he and uh jamar chase and justin jefferson were all in the field together yeah you mentioned they were very similar four games stretched before i think marshall got hurt Marshall's numbers were just as good as those other two guys. And that to me is a pretty big deal if you're, because that's really, that's rarefied error, those guys, right? So, was we're it talk- t- targets and receptions were similar or just yardage? And I think I, it, I, I think it was all of it, but I, but 
They weren't exactly the same, but uh, in the same ballpark. I know the yardage was really close. Um, was he doing it on fewer targets and receptions? It's possible. Um, I do. I will say, like, uh, I have him higher than you. He does also have like kind of like a he kind of a average smell about him. Like he could be Michael Crabtree. Right, um, a guy who who was pretty good in college. Ultimately, was a fine NFL player, but didn't win anybody in championships. Um, I like the fact, though, that he is going to Carolina, and um, and Joe Brady is going there with him. So I presume that 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 is that's the pick. He's saying, you know, I know this guy and this guy is going to win for you. Oh, that's, that's a good point. And so I feel like that is, if you're looking for a guy who's going to be given every opportunity to succeed earlier in his career, he's going to be given every opportunity to succeed. Sure. And that's, and that I, that's what I, that's why I have him as high as I do. That's because you're going to find out pretty soon whether this guy can play. Yeah, that's that's a good consideration because really I I don't dislike his game other than I in the film I watched I didn't see a real effective short game, but I did see some beautiful long plays. So that, I I like that, Sean. I might have to go back and look at him a little more and maybe bump him up, take him out of the the thrift shop category. <laughs> <laughs> I to just mention Joe Brady. There we go. Well, yeah, I just sometimes you know I I just when you for for this the, this short window thing where you are trying to see something so you know whether to give that contract or not i just to me that is that's worth a lot i like to know and that's and that's what's ultimately salvaged bateman for me even though i hated the landing spot was we're gonna find out whether he can play true yep that's worth something for sure in salary cap Mm -hmm. all right number eight we have rondale moore which might might feel like a little bit of a surprise. I feel like he's higher in a lot of uh, rankings when I look for him, but uh, he came in as our eighth consensus wide receiver. I have him at seven. Sean has him at nine. Uh, exciting player. Uh, just as you mentioned. Second round draft capital. Not co- Some people were, were, were mocking him in the first round. He didn't go to the first round. Yeah. But. Had, so if you, if you aren't aware, he had an amazing freshman year in school, broke out by every measure um but then kind of tailed off the rest of his career for the most part he was hurt a lot yeah um so but that you know that's a concern too in the nfl if he can't stay healthy but definitely an amazing athlete yeah i mean i have i'll I'll defend my low ranking on him because i feel like that's kind of i think the norm most people have him higher than that you have him at nine i have him at nine and I have him low, and I have him low, despite the fact that I did say when we profiled him that I think he's going to be a PPR beast because I, I think he's uncoverable in in short area. Um, he might be a guy just to take because he'll be super fun to watch. Yeah, I think you're never going to get tired of that watching that guy play football. But here's what I'm concerned about. Um, I don't care about the height. There's a lot of people who are like try to comp him. Like he is an un, the most uncompable player I've ever seen. Um, so, um, it's neither good nor bad for me. Like, I think he can win. I think, especially if he's given, he's not going to win downfield. Like people like think he's really fast. He's going to win downfield. He's just not going to win downfield. Um, but he will win close to the line of scrimmage. Um, and I think he could get 
just a crap ton of targets in that offense. So why do I have him at nine? Ultimately, I'm concerned about the like whenever I see a guy who is like a physical freak, and that includes DK Metcalf, but it also includes like was it Kevin Smith? The, that Bears wide Bears, receiver from, yeah. from a few years ago went who, number like, seven overall. Who like tore his his like calves were like the size of other people's thighs, and then like you know like I think he tore those calves like he I don't know what he was just I don't want I don't want to like say anything <laughs> like suggesting he's taking steroids or something like that because you know like he, you know I could get sued or something like that for it. but but like whatever it was like he never could play because he was just like too jacked. And I feel like if you're that small and you're squatting 600 pounds and then you pull your hamstring, and it, which is usually like a three-week injury, and then you're gone eight weeks, and then the next year you, you do it again. Like, I'm just a little worried that he's a little too muscly and um, it's not sustainable. He's a, he's a high-ceiling, low-floor guy. High ceiling, yeah, I think, but also, yeah, I mean, if he, it's really just, if he, if I knew for sure he was going to stay healthy, I would probably, I would have him up higher, in a, in a PPR league especially, because I just don't think anybody can cover him. I think there's a D-back in the league that can stick with him. Um, but I just, I think there's, there's a, at least in my mind, a substantial chance, a, a greater than average chance that he continues to have lower body injuries. Sure. And that's that's the only reason really why I have them down. All right, number 9, this this completes my top 2 tiers, the uh take the money and run and the uh let's go make lots of money mm-hmm. tiers. Uh Josh Palmer comes in at number 9. He went to the Chargers in the 3rd round. I have him ranked at number 8. Sean has him at number 10. Um, I said in the pre-draft process that his draft capital and landing spot will be telling that I really liked his film. I really liked this player. Uh, he landed in a good spot in my opinion and was, Great spot. and was taken with third round draft capital. So I am very bullish on Josh Palmer. This is probably another guy you aren't going to have to take super high in a no, rookie you draft. You and I are way higher because everybody else has looked at the fact, I think he, in, I think last year he had like 400 yards. Like he's not having, he never had a ton of production in college. So you and I are projecting based upon what we saw on tape, what I saw at the senior bowl. um, And in a lot of moments where he's running routes and no one's throwing the ball. Right. Yep. So yeah, I love him. Uh, He's, he, he rounds out my, I know he's good. And I, I want to just grab him and go take lots of titles. I think this is a guy that there'll be plenty of drafts where he goes in the third round. Um, I think that that is a is going to be a big mistake. A lot of people are going to miss out on this guy. And because, honestly, nobody other than you and I were really talking about him in the pre-draft process. Um, and so he gets drafted in the third round, and there's a lot of other 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 folks who are out there scrambling and, and being like, well, maybe I, why, what, you know, and, and it, it doesn't draft capital doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it doesn't say salvage to, to Atwell for me, but, but I, the combination of, okay. So my eyes said one thing, your eyes said the same thing that, that tell me, tells me something. And then NFL scouts also saw the same thing. All right. That's, that's for me is okay. So that's, that's 
that's consistency, right? right. If right. I see something and you see something and NFL scout sees something different, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to think, okay, are they right or am I right? Um, you know, and I, I have that, that changes things, right? So here is a situation where, um, where I like them. I think you can get them late second. Um, I think early third, um, I, I, you and I have them in a spot where I think we would probably take a mid second, um, depending on how you value some of the running backs, but I like them. Yep. All right. On to number 10. Uh, this is maybe a bit surprising. We have our first undrafted free agent in Jonathan Adams. Or oh, Jay. no, 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 I, no. Oh, I missed somebody. You missed somebody tied for number nine. Sorry. Tied for number nine. That's what threw me off. <laughs> So we oh anyway we we should we shouldn't have a ten then. Okay, is you blaming me? <laughs> I'm I'm blaming you. I I can't make mistakes, so I have to blame it on somebody else. So sorry, a tied for number nine. We have Nico Collins went to Houston in the third round. Uh, just a flip flop of ranks. So I have Nico at ten. Sean has him at number eight. Uh, yeah, I like inverse of Josh Palmer. Exactly. So I like his opportunity to step in and start. Um, I liked his film. I think he's kind of a beast on the field. Uh, not a lot of pedigree coming out of Michigan, generally speaking, when it comes to receivers, but he was a really good receiver there. You sat out last year. So, um, that's right. Yeah. So I like him. I mean, when it gets down to the, to the 10th receiver or ninth or whatever, um, I'd be happy taking him. He's in my pop and tags here he's oh he is in is a pop and tags he's, guy as well yeah. i like nico collins i liked his film a lot i think on film i think i probably uh yeah i liked him more than rondell moore um i honestly um i don't know that i feel like he's kind of maybe like the budget uh terrace marshall like i think he he he's very athletic he 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 um i think he has like good, really good route running for a big guy. Like he's a big dude, and uh, and he's he, got some longs. He's got long surprisingly speed. Surprisingly, like everybody else, kind of profiled him or viewed him as kind of like a big lumbery guy. That's not what I saw on tape. I no. thought he looked explosive and fast, yeah, uh, and just totally misused in that offense. Um, so I I like him. The only reason why I have him as low as I do, and that's eight. I would have him higher. Um is because how terrible the situation is in Houston. Yeah, that's if, a, if this was a dumpster fire. Total dumpster fire. If, if, if Deshaun Watson was, if everything was normal, there weren't these allegations, and he wasn't trying to get out of his contract, and it was just Houston kind of let some receivers go, and now you've got this guy landing in Houston going to be, to be uh, Deshaun Watson's primary target, if not this year, next year. He'd be a lot higher in people's lists, or he'd right. be a lot higher in my list. I will say that for sure. I would have him ahead of Rondell Moore. I would. I, I think I do have him ahead of Rondell Moore, but I'd have him ahead of other guys too. For sure, would have him ahead of Bateman, um, and probably Tony as well. I think you have big upside potential of for a guy that might get a bunch of touchdowns if they if their offense can move the ball, and if it's Davis Mills or Tyrod Taylor, they might not move the ball. So it's a gamble, right? But I like I do. Uh, things can change. Just remind us. Things, things can change things in a can hurry. Ch- things, yeah, and that's ultimately like you know, you don't know what's going to happen in Houston. 
Deshaun, they might trade Deshaun Watson to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. I'm just made that up, right? Right. But exactly, you don't know. <laughs> you things... don't know what's yeah. going to happen, and uh, and I think that that is why you tend to draft on talent. I do in a salary cap league. I'd like them because. I don't think they have enough there to keep him off the field. So I think you are going to see him. He Whether he produces, if that offense is terrible, you're still going to see him get an opportunity because they got Brandon Cooks and like... Yeah, it's just... Like nothing. Nothing of note. No. So so I, I, I like that aspect of it for him as well. So I, he's a guy that I, I don't know exactly where he's going to go in a lot of drafts. I think I have him higher than everybody else, but... But uh, you and I are pretty have him pretty similarly, and so I would, I, he's a guy that I would be happy to take in the top of the second round. Yeah, you'd be popping tags, Sean. I'd be popping tags. All right, I tried to jump to this guy earlier. Uh, Jonathan Adams, or Jay Adams, is our 11th consensus wide receiver. He is in Detroit, but he's undrafted. He was signed there after the draft. I have him up at twelve. <laughs> it is kind of, yeah, I have him at fourteen, which yeah. is I think people most people think I'm crazy. You're just crazier. <laughs> right. Well, the reason I have him up uh that high, and you know, this is this is influenced somewhat by my tears. Like I feel like Jay Adams We're had, done popping tags. Nope. He's still in my popping tags because okay. I, I feel like he has a chance to be the guy okay. that everybody wants Amon Ra St. Brown to be. That I think he's a really good receiver who is in Detroit, who doesn't really have anything going on. And I think Jared Goff, if he gains some trust with Jay Adams, will just start feeding him balls. Because the film I saw, Jay Adams caught everything. He caught everything. And and if and with Jared Goff in that situation, <laughs> I can just see him. Yep, I'm throwing to Jay Adams again. It, it he is kind of the guy that like it doesn't matter if you're covered or not covered. He you throw it to him, he's going to catch it. Jared Goff is not like the most competent downfield passer, and a lot of what Jonathan Adams does well is is uh, is kind of downfield. He doesn't. He's not the best route runner. Um, but like I'm kind of looking for upside here. For me, the reason why I have him as high as I do, which I really it blew my mind to see that you had him higher than me, because I thought I was, I was at 14. I'm like you're insane. <laughs> but um, the difference is that I have him behind Amon Ross St. Brown, and you have him ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown. And and but they're either way, we're, we're both on one side of Amon Ross St. Brown or or the other. Right. And I just think okay, fourth round draft capital. That's something. Early fourth. That's something. Um, I, I, I think I'm on Ross St. Brown does all the little things that you want a receiver to do. Um, whereas Jonathan Adams just does one thing and he just out muscles you for every ball. And if you are in like a standard league, um, I'm way more excited about Jonathan Adams than, um, I don't know how many receptions he's going to have, but he might be a guy that, your stat line at the end of the game might be three catches for 61 yards and two touchdowns, right? Whereas Amon Ra might have, you know, eight catches for whatever, you know, 50 yards and, you know, one touchdown. So I, I just, I like Jonathan Adams um, way more than I should. He got paid $90,000 um, 
in guaranteed money by Detroit. So I don't know if that's just a recognition that their receiving core is uh, is not great and they need needed him or they wanted him. They thought he could do something for them. Um, he is just like a prototypical X receiver. And, you know, I think the guys that they have there is Brashad Perryman and I, it's just some other Jags. I can't remember who that right. was. Quintus Cephas. I mean, we've talked about him before, but like ultimately – you know, he, he's not that big, not that fast. It's it's wide open. There. It's wide open. Yeah. All right. On to number 12, Des, Fis, Des Fitzpatrick went to Tennessee in the fourth round. He's a guy that we didn't profile ahead of time. Uh, I have him up at number 11. Sean has him at number 16. Um, so because we didn't profile him, let me just lay out a few things. Titans did trade up to select him. He broke out his freshman year. He was playing with Lamar Jackson that year. But uh, his production dipped in years two and three, and then he had a pretty good year last year. He's not a big touchdown scorer. Um, he, I do see a guy with good acceleration and deceleration. So he can start and stop uh, quickly. He doesn't have great long speed, though, just kind of average. I saw nice routes if he's in zone coverage. So I felt like he struggled with man, didn't really gain separation in man, but he he knew how to run routes when he was in zone coverage. I saw a tenacious blocker, which surprised me. Um, <laughs> you get how many points do you get for the for the blocks? None, but again, it can get you, you on, get the, you field, on the field, yeah. which is uh, which is sometimes half the battle for these rookies. Um, so he's like sick. I saw different heights. He's about six one, six two. I saw anything from six about, two. Six two two oh eight is what I have. Yeah, I saw everything from two oh one to two ten. So, uh, given that size, he played outside mostly at Louisville, from what I could tell. Do you see him as that Z receiver, Sean, or or yeah, more I, of a no, slot I think, guy? Or? No, I think he can be. I think he can be. Uh, he could. I think he can be play the X. Um, you know the the X. Yeah, he's if you're that big, six two two oh eight. But he's he's there with, a, with Tennessee, so it's AJ Brown, right? So he's ultimately he's not going to play that so much with AJ. Yeah. No, but I think, but ultimately, I think, um, he like I saw a lot of the same things you, you saw. I didn't. I saw that he struggled with separation against man coverage. Um, uh, he he would would get separation when like the corner would miss like the press. It would like, you know, he would lunge at him and, 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 you know, catch air. Then I thought that he, he was okay. I, I saw some trouble tracking balls. Um, I thought his hands were actually really suspect. So, um, he also had like some, um, uh, he also had like some pretty big plays, you know, but but they all seem to have like an asterisk. Like he he beat um, Asante Samuel on like some like seventy four yard bomb, but it was like it was like the ball gets tipped, pops up in the air, he catches it, and, and then races to the end zone. So it's a little bit like things that the stats ended up looking pretty good, but like you know, in a game of inches, if it's half an inch the other way, it's it's an interception or something like that. So I didn't love his film coming into this process, but I, the landing spot to me is, is um, I think it feels like there's there's some opportunity there um, because we've got Josh Reynolds, um, and they don't really have a whole lot else there. Right. I think we're going to see him play, 
which again is valuable in this format. I, yeah, I, I think he's like somebody who is probably going to start. I mean, I, I think Reynolds is going to be given the opportunity to get to start. They paid him, but he he will have an opportunity to kind of break in a little bit. Um, so I, I I like that. To me, he just he seems kind of like all the things I didn't like about Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I saw here, but without. Amon Ra's like what I would call special body control and hands. And, and so he doesn't have the special qualities in Amon Ra St. Brown. So I, for me, he was below Amon Ra St. Brown. Gotcha. All right. And Amon Ra St. Brown is our next guy. He was our consensus while well, tied actually for number 12. Uh, I had him down at 14. Sean has him at 13. We've already talked about St. Brown quite a bit, Sean. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add. I, the number one thing with him is the fact that he very the likely thing the likely scenario is he's the best receiver in Detroit at least this year, so I I I think you're going to get a chance to see him play. I would okay. be excited. I have I have been not excited about Amon Ross St. Brown. That landing spot salvaged him for me because I do feel like it's true. I do feel like if he had fallen one of these other landing spots where he's going to have to fight his way on the death chart, I just was not in. But he, you might get you might get a crap ton of volume right out of the gate, yeah. um, and I think that he is very at least very consistent. I don't think he has a lot of special traits other than kind of like that. You know, like I do think he's got special body control, and special hands. Like he wins a lot of contested catches. He he wins them a lot of contested catches because he has a lot of contested catches because he doesn't get open. <laughs> but that said. Some of that stuff can improve, you know, like he, he's a hard, by all accounts, he's a hard worker. His whole family are, are people who are like very driven. And uh, I, I just, I think that he's in a good spot um, in, in a salary cap league. I would be pretty excited about getting him. Um, I wouldn't take him ahead of like Kadarius Tony. I already said that, but I would, I, but I would be looking at him, you know, in this range here, um, I, I think there's a a low ceiling, maybe a high floor, low ceiling player. Okay. All right. I'm just noticing, Sean, we had a little bit of a, a technical glitch here where Mari Rogers didn't. <laughs> we forgot about Amari Rogers. Well. I think we just I... looked at A. Rogers and we just figured he was going to maybe go host Jeopardy. No. <laughs> uh, we so missed Amari Rogers. We let's missed go, let's, him. Let, let's, that's, that's, it's. The technical glitch was uh, Sean screwing up. So let's <laughs> let's just forget it happened and let's just talk about him. So Margie, Amari Rogers slots in between Nico Collins and Jay Adams. So if we go back a little bit, Rondale Moore was at eight. Josh Palmer and Nico Collins tied for nine. Then it's Amari Rogers at eleven. Um, before Jonathan Adams and Des Fitzpatrick. And you and I had him pretty similarly. I think you had him 13, I had him 12. That's correct. And I would have this guy a lot higher if I knew what was happening with Aaron Rodgers because I think he's in a really good spot, and I think he's a good player. So he's down that low for me simply because of that situation. And Green Bay moved up to take him. I, I will say I was less – my pre-draft rating of him was lower. It was – I had him – with maybe a fourth round grade before the landing spot. And then it jumped way up. And then I realized that Aaron Rodgers might not play, but I still liked him a little bit better than you because the the potential that he is going to be a thing in green Bay is, is there. Yep. Um, he plays, you know, he's a little bit of that, 
that kind of that slot guy, um, but like a big physical slot guy. I think he um, uh, can do some interesting things in a in a diverse offense. And I like him. If Aaron Rodgers is not there, however, you might be lighting this pick on fire. That's right. Which you know, honestly, when it comes to draft picks at this point in the draft, yeah, we because the next guy is an undrafted free agent. You might be dra- letting, <laughs> yeah, you might be letting your picks on fire with them with him as well. I agree. Right. All right. So back down to where we left off, and this starts a new tier for me, Sean. This mm. one is called "When Will I See You Again." It's a song by the Three Degrees. I- don't even know who that is. Here's the thing. Uh, you and I, this is our, our biggest difference player. Yeah. We have and, 10 slots apart. And so when will I see you again? For me, just means I don't know a, a route for these guys to get on the field. Like, I don't <laughs> know when I'm going to see them play, I feel like. Who's really? So yeah. so this is Jamie Brown. Uh-huh. He went to Washington, yep. third-round draft capital. I have oh, him at 11. You yeah. have him at 21. Yeah, actually, I think – where do I have to – he might even, he might be in a different tier because he is in a different tier for is it, me. Is it about – is it a different song? It, well, it's actually not a song. It just, it's just a phrase that you can't polish a turd. Wow. <laughs> wow, because remember, I was, all of my tiers were going to be, like, poop-related. Oh, yeah, it I was, forgot about that. I, I was originally planning on having, you know, it was just gonna be gross, and I decided I was just, wasn't gonna do it. But you decided to do it for me. Sorry, yeah. Well, and sorry to Diami Brown. It's probably not fair. He actually, I did see for Diami Brown the difference between short stuff and long plays was was night and day. Like I do see him as an exciting, like deep threat myself. He's, he reminds me a lot of of Deshaun Jackson, and I think, uh, I I. I I, I think he has like a clear upside potential. Um, I, you know, and he's uh, in a good spot. Like Washington needs another playmaker. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. That's why I was surprised at the song choice because, because <laughs> I, I, I feel like he's got a really good chance of getting on the field soon. Um, he's not, he's Terry McLaurin's going to be the target hog there, but, but I do think that he's got a chance to be kind of, you know, like they're going to have a lot of speed in that offense, right? And and I just think that that he's just going to be another one of these guys that basically runs somewhere between a four three and a four four, and um, they're going to be hard to slow down. And I think uh, with with Fitzmagic throwing the ball, he could be uh, he could have some um, some some big games. But I don't think he's going to be one of these consistent guys, these guys that gets 10 targets. It's not going to happen. That's what I was going to say. So in PPR, even half PPR, he drops for me. And then yep. having Fitzpatrick at, in Washington actually drops him a little bit more because <laughs> Fitz has the tendency, as we've talked about before, to lock in on one guy. And that guy's right. going to be McLaurin. It's not going to be no, Jamie Brown. Brown. So I think that's why he's kind of done. The the turd comment was, that was probably a little, a, was a little harsh. It's probably a little strong because I do I do see some nice parts of uh, I'm a Brown's worried, game, but with him I'm a little worried about. I think he's going to see the field early, but I do think that he is at, at risk of having a longer development track just because I think there's just a lot of things that he has to polish about his game. <laughs> I did choose that word on purpose. Oh, okay, I but wondering. I do think he's. I, I think there's a little nuance because he really in college he just was running go routes and comebacks and. 
and he has the potential to do more. I think he just has to, he's going to have to spend some time working on that part of, part of his game. I think he'll get there, but honestly, I just think he's probably never going to be, he's never going to be as good a route runner as Terry McLaurin. He's never going to be as fast as Terry McLaurin. So he's What's always real he's ceiling? he's gonna be the he's gonna be the beta to the alpha yeah. and that's but that's what we're looking at. All right, let's well let's pick this up a little bit, Sean. We're we're sure. getting late into the episode here. Mm. These guys, these next bunch sleepy. of these next next bunch of guys <laughs> are the when will I see you again guys okay. for my myself. I have we have Dwayne Eskridge yep. as our sixteenth overall. He's tied actually with Simi Fehoko um, at sixteen. I have Eskridge at 15. Sean has him at 18. Um, I just don't... I like his tape. Uh, I just don't see a path to playing time for Eskridge myself. So for me, it's... that's it. So here's my issues with him. I can, I can make this real short. He's already old. He, start, he comes into this. He's like 24. Uh, he's four years older than Kyle Pitts, just for reference sake. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's... Uh, two years older than Devonta Smith, who people say is old. So he's old. Uh, he's also really short. So he, he what, what's, what's he, he's going onto a team. It's got DK Metcalf and it's got Tyler Lockett. They got Lockett for two more years. So best case scenario, he's going to get an opportunity to replace Tyler Lockett in two years, except there are other players, undrafted players, some of whom we're going to talk about here that we've profiled that, I think have more talent or at least have as much talent as he does. So by the time he's going to be given that chance way down the road, some of these other guys might pass him on the depth charts. You have no idea this guy's ever going to, to get on the field. And that's why I have him down at 18. When will I see you again? All right. Uh, Simi Fehoko tied, uh, tied with uh, Eskridge. He goes to Dallas in the fifth round. I actually like this guy's tape, although I think this was one of the guys I, basically watched highlight film of so that yeah. maybe wasn't I, I watched best, some of the extra stuff. I, I did like his his tape. He inconsistent hands. I have him I'm excited about him because Dallas probably has to for financial reasons move on from Cooper and Gallup. And so I think he will be given an opportunity if he's any good. And he's big. He's big and he's yep. fast. And, and he and he looked pretty good. And I thought he looked pretty good. So I do think if you're looking for a high upside guy uh, he he could be there, but you know he's he's going to a team that's a lot of targets are going to be taken up by CD Lamb, and that's just the way it's going to be. Yep. Number eighteen, Amir Smith Marset to Minnesota in the fifth round. I have him at nineteen. Sean at fifteen. I think you liked him more kind of all along, Sean. Uh, I saw him as kind of basically a kick returner. I didn't necess- necessarily see him as a receiver. Um, but I do, I think the last episode or one of the episodes recently, you made a point that his metrics are really, he's kind of a, a physical freak, isn't he? Like really fast or am I mixing him up? With I think you're mixing else? him up with someone. He, okay. he, but here's the thing. I have him a little higher than you. Um, normally I wouldn't be all that excited. We're, we're, we're into fifth rounders now, right? Minnesota's got a, a track record of doing something with these late round guys. And I think that Amir Smith-Marset, there's really very little in front. He's got 31 year old Adam Thielen in front of him, um, and Justin Jefferson, uh, and he's never going to pass Justin Jefferson on the depth chart. But, but Minnesota can support a couple good uh, a couple good receivers, and I and I do think that that uh, he he's got athleticism that I think he's really good um, with the ball in his hands. Yeah, I think he's got a nose for the goal line, and I I just I think there's a chance that he 
he develops. And Minnesota has done that um, with, a, you know, from Stefan Diggs to Adam Thielen to, you know, other sure. guys, right? Yeah. So I think, um, so I think that that is, um, I'm willing to bank on that with, with, now we're looking at the end of the third round, probably fourth round picks at this point in yeah. time. And I just, I think there's some potential there. So. All right, number 19, Cornell Powell going to Kansas City in the fifth round. I have him at 17, Sean at 20. Uh, I just see a guy here with a low overall fantasy ceiling. I He's not... Uh, I think he's the guy that I said that he would start running his route and D-backs would beat him to the spot. <laughs> it could be. He doesn't really get open. Uh, I don't see him scoring a lot of long touchdowns, and I don't see him as being really good in, in the red zone. So... People think, like him because he's going to catch passes from Patrick Mahomes, and they think, well, Sammy Watkins was – actually, Sammy Watkins was terrible in Kansas City. Like, <laughs> I'm not right? into Cornell Powell. I have him 20. I, I, he, there's going to be – he's a guy that I, everybody else is going to think Pat, Patrick Mahomes is going to draft him ahead of some of these other guys that, that I just like a lot more. Tylen Wallace at number 20 going to Baltimore in the fourth round after they already selected Rashad Bateman. And that's kind of the issue for me at best. I think he's probably the fourth best target in Baltimore after Andrews and Bateman and Hollywood Brown. Uh, I was kind of cool on him after watching film anyway. So the landing spot really does him in for it's, me. It's a, it, it is. And I was concerned about his injury because he and his twin brother have have these knee injuries history that they the ACL injuries yeah um I my issue if, if you have a hard time imagining Bateman putting up big numbers I mean how, how is he going to support another wide receiver even right. if you forget Hollywood Brown and I'm I'm willing to go there I'm willing to basically say Hollywood Brown is just going to be a gadget guy he's never going to be have consistent volume you're still talking about the number two receiver on a team that has it's your Sammy Watkins, except for instead of Pat Mahomes throwing the ball, right? It's Lamar. <laughs> it's Lamar, and I just, I just don't. He has to be better than Rashad Bateman. It has to be one of those situations where the guy drafted later ends up being better. I cannot see that. I didn't see it on tape, but you know, um, but Wallace, uh, he had, I think honestly is. 2019 or 2018 season was actually really good. So, like, it, maybe it's there. I just, that's not what I saw. All right. Uh, 22, oh, sorry, down, I actually tied with Tylen, tied with Tylen Wallace is Seth Williams, who went to Denver in the sixth round. Uh, I have him at 18, Sean at 21. I actually liked what I saw in film for this guy, except for his hands. He drops a lot of balls. But the rest of his game, I kind of liked. But, man, I just don't know. I don't know where he fits in in Denver. That's the landing spot thing. When will I see you again? So who's who's in Denver, right? So you, you got... you got Sutton. Sutton. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. You've got... Uh, that guy that Bodie always tries to sell everybody the, the, on. The, the, the little slot receiver. No, that, no. Oh, the, that's right. Uh, like Tim... Tim something. Something. <clears throat> He's a replacement for that guy. That's what this is. Seth Williams is is a really inconsistent player. You know, people like breakout age and things like that. I, what I saw was a guy that he would sometimes would look unstoppable and sometimes would look disinterested. Not a whole lot different than the next guy on our list, honestly. Uh, 
but actually, I kind of like the next guy on the list more. I had rated differently, but um, but I, only because of the landing spot. Should we talk about him? Sure. All right. At 22, Tamori and Terry going to Seattle. Our second undrafted free agent taken before Tutu Atwell. Yeah. Well, and, and same <laughs> argument I had for uh, Dwayne Eskridge. is like, I just don't know how these guys, Tamori and Terry, how is he going to see the field? He's, Especially because he's kind of like a poor man's DK Metcalf, right? So like, yeah, he's a maybe a big play guy, which is what DK is. Well, I mean, he is more, but DK can get deep and make those big plays. Yeah, he's, DK is is bigger, faster, stronger, better. Listen, if I'm a free agent and I and I look like Tamori and Terry, the one place I don't co-sign my contract is Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, I would go someplace like Minnesota, who could use. Uh, a guy to a bigger guy to 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 take over, but he, ultimately these undrafted free agents oftentimes don't finish on the team that they sign with, right? So I'm looking at that. The reason why I had him at 23 even was um, it's interesting. He I have him at 23. You have him at 24. Combined, it's 22 somehow. But <laughs> but well, I think that, it's because we got some other guys that yeah, we don't our, like at all. Well, I think our doc might have been. No, 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 no. I think it's okay now. Yeah, I think uh, who knows. But anyway, <laughs> the bottom line is is that I he's he's in the deep sleeper territory. He's a guy that we if we covered deep sleepers in 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 a couple of weeks, like he would be a he guy. That, there. Uh, yeah, you, you'd be in that group. All right, on to twenty three. Uh, Tutu Atwell landed with the Rams with a second round pick. So we're finally is, talking about him. It's pretty low for a second round pick. We had to make our list long enough to cover Tutu Atwell. That's what happened here. Sure, uh, I have him at twenty two. Sean at twenty six. Um, I again don't see how he fits in in Los Angeles with the Rams. Uh, didn't like his film, so I'm just not interested in taking him. Do you, th- you don't think he can be kind of a, a poor man's Rondell Moore? Like no. Like similar slot guy, high volume. Well, I guess if, uh, what is it, Cooper Cup is their slot guy now, right? Yeah, Cooper Cup moves on somewhere. I don't know. I mean. He's Van Jefferson is the replacement for Robert Woods, and he is the replacement for Cooper Cup, Cuppy Cooper. Cuppy Cooper. I did not. I, I don't know. I didn't see it on tape, so I don't. Think, <laughs> I didn't either. I don't think that's what's going to. I don't happen. think he wins. I don't see any anything that he can win with, and 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 where, he, where he's going to have any kind of consistency in fantasy football production, which is why I was shocked that I actually rated him lower than the next guy on our list and our last guy. No, no, we got one more. I'm not on my not on my page. What oh. is going on here? Oh, you might be right. <laughs> All right. All right. Our last guy is Anthony Schwartz. Went to Cleveland with a third round pick. So, again, pretty low for high draft capital. But I have him at 27. Sean has him up at 22. This was the guy, Sean, that I pulled the the movie quote about uh, being a worse yeah. fantasy analyst for having watched his film. Right. So I just I don't like him at all. He's obviously super fast. That's why he got the third round draft capital. But I just don't see a football player here. So he's fast. He's he's like a developmental project in this format. I, I I'm not into him really at all. But but like I can unlike with Tutu Atwell, I could see if someone teaches him how to play a wide receiver, he's big enough and fast enough that he like his speed is kind of breathtaking. 
And, you know, I mean, he's like, like literally a track guy. He is an actual, not DK Metcalf. I'm pretending to be a track guy, but an actual track guy. Right. And um, and and if someone can tap into that, uh, it, it's just going to take some development. It's going to take some development, and the, he at least has the draft capital that Cleveland will will care enough to try to do it. Um, it's just it's <laughs> you're gambling that he's going to learn to play the position. So. Yeah, there is one other guy, by the way, that that got got left off, got bumped off the list. Yeah, who's that? Jalen Darden. Oh yeah, that was the guy that that when I updated the list, he disappeared. Oh, but but uh, yeah, he is our last, the last guy that you and I both rated. Okay, I just I have him at the end because to me he's a punt returner, and that's it. That's all he's going to do for for Tampa Bay. Yeah, he was I, a fourth round pick for Tampa. Yep, I don't understand the pick either because he he's just. Again, too small. I, 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 I don't see it. But, but, uh, um, you know. Yeah, my note on him. I kind of do when I watch film on a guy. I take notes, and then I have this overall general impression. So my note of that was that nothing I saw translates to the NFL. So I'm not interested in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're we are low on him. All right, but that's it, though, right? That's it. That's all the receivers, snafus, and mistakes, and what, what not. And we can live with those. They we weren't that bad. So thank you for joining us for this episode. Remember, we are not back next week. We are taking the week off for Memorial Day. And, Af- to, and to learn the, the technology that would allow us to have guests for for a uh, mock draft. Right. So, yes, we are going to have a mock draft shortly after Memorial Day. If you are interested in joining us for that, please send us an email at steelpod at gmail.com. Uh, if if uh, schedules work out and technology works out, we will have a listener or two on with us. And uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at steelpod. I'm at steelpod, Sean. We have a community on Facebook called The Steel Pod, uh, which is growing and lots of good conversation there. And uh, so, and, and, well, the, the neat thing about that, by the way, for those who haven't gone there, is there's a lot of different kinds of leagues. Like we we talk about this as a, if it's a one thing salary cap, it's not. It's a wide variety of things, and people. So one of the cool things about it is people do share kind of ideas on what they're doing with their leagues, and and people presumably go back and and will you know maybe propose changes to their rules and add creative things that that. You know, and I think that all that sharing of information is makes all of our leagues more fun. Absolutely. So we will be back in two weeks, and until then, bye bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.